Oh, I saw a guy who got a two-inch needle stuck into his arm while he was under hypnosis, didn't feel king. Okay, Kreskin, prove it. <clears throat> Hypnotize somebody. Yeah, do me. No. Come on. What's the worst that can happen? Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Why do I know that song? <laughs> Are you okay? I see a red door and I want to paint He hasn't gone to work. He sleeps like 12 hours a night. Why are you digging? The man's switch got flipped. He's a receiver now. She's taking him away. She was here. What's the problem? I see people turn their heads and quickly look away. Like a newborn baby, it just happens every day. Don't be afraid of it, Daddy. I look inside myself and see my heart is black. He can't stop it. He can't slow it down. He can't even figure it out. No! Whatever door you open in my mind, I want you to shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Listeners, welcome to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. God, I almost forgot what it was. Horror Movie uh, Podcast, yes. We are a podcast that talks about horror movies. We're not professional critics. We do spoil the movies. You've been warned. And we love the moon rays. And we do love the moon rays. They gave us that song right there, Intro Creature Features. It's at the top of every show. And you can find that and other songs. Isn't it lovely? If you want to buy their music, go to Amazon or iTunes and you can do that. Say hi to them on Facebook where they are, The Moon Dash Rays. So, we're back in the studio. A day late and none worse for the wear. I got to see Violent Femmes and Echo and the Bunnymen. So that's why it's delayed. Was the time travel expensive? It was. (laughs) But uh, I know people, so it wasn't as expensive as it could have been. It was 87 all you remembered it was. It was even better. <laughs> How much were the tickets? I mean, I like five bucks? <laughs> a bit steep. Man. A bit steep for 87. $3? Yeah. It's like, those tickets were $7. My God. <laughs> I'm not made of money. I only have $10. <laughs> yeah. And then you borrow like $5 from a friend. Yeah, seriously. God. Yeah. Time travel. It was time travel in a way. Except for... Um, the ravages of time travel makes everyone look old. Yeah. There, I, I don't even want to get into the whole crowd, but um, I'll just start. What have Were I they watched? Old? <laughs> yes. I wasn't the oldest guy in the room somehow. I, I like, no. uh, there's a, a BBC reporter. She was talking about um, going to a Pixies gig 
oh, a couple boy. of years ago. And, yeah. she, and she was like in a balcony. She said it looked like a sea of Maltesers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so I'm going to start out what, what we've watched since last time because uh, I already blurted out that I saw a concert. So um, Concerts the, don't count. They don't? Good, no. then I don't need to start. Um, Will, you should start. What did you watch? Oh, gee, what did I watch? I finished up Lock Nest. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched a mix of Mumbles. What did we watch this week? I don't remember. <laughs> Stir of Echoes. Oh, yes, that was it. Uh, and then I went and watched uh, Valerian in mm. the City of a Thousand Planets. Yeah. How was that? It was like watching a Mobius drawing mm. come oh, yeah? to life. In a good but, way, I hope? Oh, in a really good way. 3D was really nice, but it went on forever. <laughs> it was a very shaggy dog kind of story that they just... It was them running from something, running from something, running mm. from something. The whole two and a half hours <laughs> of the runtime. Um it also felt at times like you were watching a video game. It is all so fake. Hmm. Um, well done. I mean, the scenes look great. Yeah. Um, the 3D was really nice, but it could have been shorter. <laughs> I think I said that about a movie recently. <laughs> you did. Um, Wonder Woman, I believe. Now, this This could have had like 20 minutes lopped off. Maybe that's just... You and I maybe have the same issue with every movie. Uh, I think so. If it, it's over 90 minutes, cut 20 minutes off of it. Yeah, yeah. This could have been two hours, and it would have been a nice, tight two hours. Um, it felt fresh at times, like visually, even though it was sort of like seeing Mobius comics. Yeah. Um, but eventually it just wore me out. <laughs> yeah, it'll do that. Um I love some, Mobius, though. Some you know? spectacular mm-hmm. views, though. So what, what was chasing them? Who, you name it. Who were, who were they and what would... Valerian and Laureline are... I call them French space police. Okay. I don't know that they really are. Um, they... Uh, it's all English. It's not in French. I was expecting it. Or hoping it to be in French. Mm. Yeah. Um, it adds a level of sophistication if it's in French. It's the original stories from the early 70s. Yeah, the original stories from 71 or so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Star Wars looks like they took a fair chunk. Oh, yeah. Um, wait, if... wait, Lucas borrowed heavily from something? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Though. Other than a Western? He gave it back, though. Um. There are times, I don't know how you do this. Lucas falls into this trap, too, where space people become sort of racial caricatures Mm -hmm. at times, and you end up feeling a little like, okay, should I laugh at this? Because this is a little too broad. Back in the 30s, this would be a, like... This would be a black person yeah, if this Chinese was in the 30s. or something. Yeah. Exactly. And at other times in the movie, they seem like everybody's human, mm. which I kind of liked. I mean, they have like mm-hmm. the League of Humans, but it was all these aliens. Mm-hmm. Not human no longer just means an earthling. 
you know, although the Earthlings turn out to have done some bad shit, we do. Um, yeah, I, I would say it's true. You know, that's what happens when you elect a clown. <laughs> oh, so you so you watched that? Yeah, you felt like you got your money's worth. Yeah, fifteen dollars. I think it was. It yeah. was worth it. So you didn't wait. Oh wait, yeah, it was three D. Okay, I was three D. You normally hit the matinee, don't you? Save I it. did go to the matinee, yeah. but it was three D. I had to see it in three D. Yeah. Um, I wish there was a little less exposition in it. Yeah. I wish they just let people go. We will talk about this with uh, mix of mumbles later. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've all seen movies. Yeah. I mean, at some point, can you just go and just have the movie and stop explaining shit? Look, Joe, I'm your brother. I should know. <laughs> I don't think I've ever once said that to one of my brothers. You should from now on so they remember. Look, and Bill. in case somebody is watching you. <laughs> How long have we been brothers? Our whole lives, right? <laughs> you know? Uh, uh, yeah, that's awesome. You know, um... I kind of like the the first of the movie started out with these sort of mer people on this beautiful beach. It looks fantastic. It's gorgeous in the movie. Uh, but they felt the need to translate a couple words here and there, and I thought it would have been just perfect if they hadn't translated mm-hmm. anything. Let us fill the blanks can, in, right? You can tell exactly what they're saying. Oh, they're saying good morning. And they didn't translate that, but they other didn't... little bits they thought. They, they didn't want you thinking the mermaids were saying Heil Hitler or something in, in mermaid language? I don't know. No, yeah. they're saying good morning. They don't like Hitler, okay? They're mermaids. They wouldn't even know Hitler. They're in the future. Oh, yeah. So he's like a distant memory. There's been way worse things since him. Probably. <laughs> Might be a head in a jar. A head right. in a jar. There's uh, love Futurama. an awesome jellyfish in a yeah, jar. Yeah, they saved Hitler's brain. Oh, yeah, that's right. Why'd they put it in the body of a shark? Why? <laughs> that was a terrible idea. <laughs> a land shark at that. Adolf Sharkler. <laughs> oh, there's another movie. Yep. Yeah, we... <laughs> oh, Sharkness Falls. So, uh, was that it? Was that I think that was it. Julian, how about you? Did you did you get to hit some more? Uh, I saw a bunch marathoning. Yeah, awesome. What'd you see? All right, uh, Bad Moon, uh, werewolf movie I've never seen before. Bad Moon from twenty years ago. Um, Sounds familiar. It's uh, directed by Eric Red, who wrote The Hitcher and Near Dark. Hmm. So hmm. Um, the original The Hitcher, mm-hmm. huh? Um, and he's also the director of Night of the Wild. Wait a minute. That's your favorite. One of my favorites. (laughs) Definitely Um, my favorite Dogs Gone Bad movie. It's the Patterson film of uh, Northern Exposure uh, alumni, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, quick, get him. He's getting in the car. It it, kind of was. (laughs) I wonder if you could write that, you know, where you just accost Rob Morrow on the street and write that into your movie, you know? (laughs) Well... I would say that or maybe you just film Coolio while yeah. he's hanging out somewhere. <laughs> right. We got him. Cool. Let's do this. He's in the movie now. Yeah. Get him to sign this release. <laughs> Get him really high and give him a pen. 
Tell them it's an autograph. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is based on a, a novel called Thor by Wayne Smith, uh, which is about a, a dog named Thor. Okay. And it's told from its his uh, perspective, and uh, but the the movie kind of um, reduced the number of characters, um, and it's not told from the dog's point of view, oh. although he's still the hero. Darn. Uh, so you've got Michael Parry and Mario Hemingway, and uh, Michael Parry has been bitten by a wolf out in the Amazon and uh, comes back and, and stays in a trailer next to her house up in uh, BC. Okay. And uh, she has the dog, Thor, and she has a, a little boy as well. And um, uh, anyway, um, uh, Werewolf Effects by Steve Johnson, and they're pretty good. It's like a articulated costume thing terrible cg transformation mm. <sighs> yeah and it's got a kind of tv movie vibe but then there's bits of gore <laughs> it's like a, a shot that goes up a tree and there's like this this uh uh this logging worker has been torn apart and you see just bits of his body stuck on branches all the way up the tree and then you get the part where you know it cuts to a commercial <laughs> and then comes back from the commercial and then um, oh there's a clip of Werewolf of London from 1935 it shows the transformation sequence you know where he's walking through the shadows of archways yeah. and he yeah. changes each time which is pretty cool yeah and uh, the, the Michael Parry character comes into the room and this is on TV and he laughs at it he said no that's not yeah, that's not what we always like, and but you, you wish the transformation in this movie would has been half as, as good as that one, right? Don't um, laugh at it unless you could do better. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, Murders in the Room Org, nineteen seventy one. Gordon Hessler. Uh, it's one of the movies uh, Gordon Hessler did uh, around the time of Cry of the Banshee, mm-hmm. Golden mm. Voyage of Sinbad, stuff like that. Uh, same writer. Um, and uh, Iron Maiden wrote a song after it. Yeah, I think it was uh, on their first album, wasn't it? Yeah, one of the first two albums. Yeah, yeah, because Paul Diano was singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's got very tangled. That's just some of the trivia you get here. <laughs> yeah, chewing the scenery. And not only that, but Bruce Dickinson is not opposed to singing it live. <laughs> I know that because I've seen him do it. Anyway, okay. go ahead. Sorry, uh, I've never heard him do that. I think I have. Pretty okay. sure. Yeah, I know they did Drifter. I mean, that was from the oh, first yeah, album. Oh, yeah, they did Rothschild and Drifter. And yeah. All right. Um, so his starting point was uh, everyone knows the original story. Uh-huh. So we don't want to do that story because then everyone will guess who the killer is. An orangutan. Which makes you wonder why they want to make this it. film. Uh, so it's it's set around a Grunguignol theatre. Uh, which is fantasy, um, but basically the plot is Phantom of the Opera. Oh, <laughs> um, and complete with Herbert Lom. Hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's a really tangled plot. It's, it's pretty unsuccessful. Um, but you got a good good people in it. Like Jason Robards is one of the main people. Adolfo Celli, Christine Kaufman. Hmm. Uh, and and you can also spot Brooke Adams as a nurse when she was very young. Wow. Um, and Victor Israel was in it as a coachman as well. Uh, you remember him from Horror Express and Hell yeah. of the Living Dead. Yeah, Horror oh, Express. Okay. <laughs> We've both watched recently mm-hmm. in the last six months anyway. So I, I got this yeah. is on a double bill Blu-ray with uh, the Dunwich Horror, which I'd actually bought it for. Which oh, I've okay. seen that several times now. I really enjoy that one. 
I think I've not that, seen that one. I think that one's on either Shutter so. or Netflix right now. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Or one of the platforms you and mm. I both have. I know I saw that listed and I went, ooh, need to watch it. <laughs> so they, they all call it Dunwich in the in the movie. I think it's actually Dunwich. Dunwich, yeah. But um, yeah, uh, Daniel Haller, uh, who also directed uh, Die Monster to Die. Hmm. So he's kind of specializing in disappointing Lovecraft. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know that one, but... Uh, and he, he was a production designer on the Poe films. Oh, okay. Um, so you've got Dean Stockwell as Weebel, Wilbur Waitley. So oh, wow. I like Dean That's Stockwell. reason enough to watch it. See, Blue Velvet g- gives oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. reason enough to like Dean Stockwell. Uh, and it's got Sam Jaffe in it uh, from Davis to Steel. Quantum Leap. And, and you've <laughs> yeah. got uh, Ed Begley in it from uh, 12 Angry Men. So yeah. there's like that's three actors with amazing eyebrows. How many angry right men there. can you fit in an electric car? Twelve. <laughs> okay. Spoiled movie. <laughs> they uh, all get in the electric car at the end. <laughs> but one of the other stars is Sandra D. Cheered him right Gidget. up. It did. Uh, and Barbara Morris is in it, and Lloyd Bockner is in it. So it's got, got a good cast, and it's it's got these like weird early seventies visuals yeah. and things in it. Mm. Um, Purple wallpaper. Good. Oh, it's good stuff. <laughs> nice. Um, all right. Uh, and I watched uh, a few Japanese classics. Uh, Late Spring. Yasujiro Ozu movie. Uh, this one's got. Uh, it's got. It's the first one he did with uh, Setsuko Ahara. Have you ever seen Millennium Millennium Actress? No, I don't know this, this is at all. It's a beautiful anime from Satoshi Kon. Okay, and th- and the act the character in that's based off of Setsuko Ahara. She's like this major, major classic Japanese film star. Okay, uh, and it's almost got Chishu Ryu in it. Um, and yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Late spring, um, and Sound of the Mountain, which is a Mikio Nerose movie, which also has Setsuko Ahara in it, and uh, Sho Yamamura. Um, he he's an amazing actor. He just he, you get this completely different expression of him, mm-hmm. like reading of what he's feeling, and you think, what's what do he actually do? <laughs> it doesn't seem to have moved at all. You know, it's like a no mask or something. It's just like a barest movement and huh. completely changes. Um, and Ken Uehara in it is this really horrible guy. Uh, he turns up in a bunch of uh, monster movies in the sixties. And a story from Chikamatsu from Kenji Mitsuguchi, um, which has a couple of, well, two pairs of lovers being crucified, if you're into that kind of thing. Wow. And it's also one of those uh, Mitsuguchi movies which have a screenplay by uh, Yoshikata Yoda, after whom the Star Wars character was named. Oh. Oh. Han Solo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, Girls' Night Out. A.K.A. The Scare Maker. It's a slasher movie from 82. I don't know this one. Robert Dubel. Um, Hal Holbrook is in it as his campus security guard. Really? Um, yeah, he doesn't look happy. Doesn't <laughs> oh, look happy. Oh, no. He's like, He'd rather can't... be back in Creepshow. I used um, to be somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, the first 15 minutes, if you take a drink, every time one of the students does an impression of somebody, like... W.C. Fields, Humphrey Bogart, or something. something. Oh, <laughs> it's just this constant comedy. Uh, then it get it, 
uh, and there's, there's always golden oldies on the soundtrack. It's like watching a lemon popsicle movie or something like that. Oh, weird. But but yeah, after, after a while, um, the uh, the campus has their big event, which is this like um, uh, scavenger hunt, which is a good excuse to, for everyone to go off in small groups in, yeah. into the night. And uh, they start getting knocked off by someone who's dressed as their, their basketball team mascot, which is a bear. <laughs> and the, the killer has, awesome. has taken the steak knives and made a glove out of them and hides them in, in the bear's claws. Uh-huh. So it just like, grabs people and like, rips their throats out. So oh, this is man. pre-Freddy. Now, if the mascot was a cougar, there'd be some sort of a play on words there, but <laughs> not going not gonna to go there. Um, yeah, so um, it's pretty middle of the road, <laughs> mostly. Um, even worse was Splatter University. This is like a... Wow. I realized it was a trauma movie pretty early on. Oh. Um, so this is by this is directed by Richard Haynes, who did Toxic Avenger. Got Forbes Riley in it. It's just dreadful. Yeah, no. what is wrong with trauma? <laughs> I think they've started just letting people show up with like their crappy movie, and they're just like, yeah, we'll put our brand on it. I think they've always done that. I think oh. every really shitty film, they just... I don't know what's wrong with them. I don't find them entertaining. Mm-hmm. I think They're... Lloyd Kaufman's like, how much money are you giving me? <laughs> He's very entertaining. He's yeah. entertaining. Yeah. He's funny. Yeah. And I have, you know, a soft spot for surf Nazis must die. <laughs> <laughs> that is genuinely an entertaining film. So they could do it, but uh, I don't get the whole, we're trying to be bad. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Either your movie kind of sucks or it, or it's kind of good, and then there's all the varying degrees. But to just say, we're gonna make a bad movie, yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> just try to make the best movie you can make. And when it turns out bad, we'll laugh at it anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah, but when you're like, we're making Sharknado, oh, don't. no, please don't. <laughs> and if you do, somebody else don't make Sharkalanche. <laughs> Sharkalanche. Oh, Ice Sharks is coming. Oh, yeah. Ice Sharks. I think that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Maybe there's a Sharkalanche too. Yeah, there could be a Sharkalanche in it. <laughs> you see, when all the when all the sharks on the mountain get disturbed by you know some large noise or vibration, then they all come avalanching down. Maybe they have eight legs. It could be Sharkalanchula. <laughs> Sharkalanchula. I like it. Yeah, good there you go. There's another the one. We're just grinding out these, yeah, awesome concepts. Yeah, and we got shark Nazis and spider sharks. Ah, uh, only two more to go. Um, Power Rangers, 2017. Oh my god! Why? <laughs> <laughs> I I love watching the original Japanese ones. I can't stand the American ones. Right. But I've watched all the movies. Oh, so you're being a completist. Yeah. I, okay. I You know, I, I did a Power Rangers comic, which you will never see print. Oh, that's <laughs> it's right. A, it's a pornographic one. <laughs> oh, you wish. <laughs> yeah, I do actually uh, wish. That it was is, it's fun to do because the writer is, is Stefan Petruco, who worked in the X-Files comics. Oh, okay. But by the time that it was finished, uh, you know, I delivered it and... 
you know, ahead of deadline and they'd already lost the rights to it. Oh. So it would never be published. It's not very good anyway. Mm-hmm. I, my, my drawing isn't very good, but um, it's fun to do. Um, and uh, last one I saw was Life. I wish you could do something like change people's heads. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, and print it. I, I, uh, Power Rangers. I, was, I haven't actually discussed the movie. <coughs> it was um, that good. So this is uh, directed by Dean Israelite, who did Project Almanac a couple of years ago. Um, so this is like a movie for kids. It's two hours long. You, they don't turn <coughs> into the Rangers until 90 minutes in. 90? Oh my God. So I can see why this dropped off in the second week so badly, because parents must have taken their kids, and the kids must have been bored to tears. Did you say 90? Like 9 zero? 90. Not yeah, 19. I, I was looking at the clock. There's only quite a bit. half an hour of power rangering. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And 90 minutes is like four and a half episodes, the original yeah. series. Hey, filmmakers, you're really in touch with your audience. Yeah. You're, if your film is aimed at kids, you, you just have to deliver on what they came for. Yeah. So it's like a reasonable like high school drama. And then they turn into superheroes. Yeah. Um, you cold open to bad guy doing bad thing and immediately... And why did they title it Murders in the Rue Morgue then anyway? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's decently done. Yeah. And, and when, that, when you actually get down to the giant robots fighting, it, you know, it's fun to watch. But... but. A long slog to get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's like I was, I was oh, getting impatient. Like at the eighty-minute mark, it's like, come on. <laughs> yeah, you should have a Power Ranger beating somebody's ass five minutes in, yeah. right? I mean, you, you look at the original Japanese series, and they're they're amazingly edi- edited because like they're, they're in and out in. So you get about fifteen minutes of actual the actual drama, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know, set up everyone you need to know what. You know all the all the motivations and stuff. You know is is for simple stuff, but yeah, they're done in twenty minutes of the whole show, including credits and everything. Yeah, and uh, but this movie just um anyway. Uh, and the last one I saw was Life from earlier this year. That's the one you might have seen a trailer for. Uh, Directed by Daniel Espinosa. Got Jake Gyllenhaal, Hiroyuki Sonoda, Ryan Reynolds, various other people. Anyway, they're they're in this international space station. And uh, Uh. they get hold of a a cell from Mars. Yeah. And uh, which they they stimulate, they, they like try various things they use light and glucose and various things and they, they bring it to life it's been dormant and uh it seems like a good idea it, so far yeah then it starts growing you know it, um and uh and then and then things go terribly wrong what <laughs> well what could go wrong <laughs> so so basically it's like this very it's like a high budget um kind of somber remake of green slime or mutant even in outer space, we have like this mold thing that gets into a space station and, and kills starts people. wiping out everyone. Uh, the alien is great in it. Oh yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you haven't quite seen it before unless you've seen Gamera Three. 
but anyway um yeah I, I, we enjoyed it it's very tense suspense thing people have to do stupid things to it and and even though it like comes on like it's going to be all scientifically plausible mm -hmm. yeah especially with like the zero gravity stuff there's always things like no 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 hmm. um so you, you can nitpick it but it is it's a it's a very enjoyable thriller very good looking um i don't want to give it away yeah this came out the same time as that latest alien movie or at yeah. least the trailers were running at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a very familiar situation to you know old timers like me, but um, uh, it, it makes it the creature is really quite un unnerving and good. You know, that's what we want: unnerving creatures. A unique looking thing. Uh, Neat. So yeah, we enjoyed it. Is that it for what you've seen? Well. Um, after, oh, yeah. after we lost uh, George Romero, I wanted to see a Romero I hadn't seen before, which is getting very hard to do. I can't think of right. any of his movies I haven't seen. So I watched uh, Just Desserts, which is like a the making of creep show. The documentary about this is an hour and a half about making of creep show. That's awesome. And then on the on the disc, you get uh, commentaries on the doc the full length documentary. You also get Scream Greats Volume One, the Tom Savini one. Oh, cool! And you get Thomas Vini commentary on that. Oh man! Uh, yeah, it's, it's like stuffed with uh, with goodies. With Savini. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, there's lots of Savini in there. Um, yeah. So uh, I mean, I love Creepshow. Very enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, very well done. Yeah, I think documentary. We should, we should definitely watch that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, have a borrow of that if you want. Cool. Yeah. That. That's definitely a, a must-see. Um, since last time, um, first thing I wanted to mention is I got the title of that documentary about the guy who wrote the Anarchist Cookbook. It's called American Anarchist. <clears throat> and that's why, searching with the word anarchist, I wasn't able to find it on Netflix or anything, or uh, IMDb or anything else. Too much of a stretch yeah. that it would be the second word and not the first word. So that's what the title was. Um, I do watch the occasional documentary, so uh, sometimes I'll watch two or three of them. I watched uh, Extraordinary, the Stan Romanek story. Who he? Um, he? Yeah. Well, it, it uh, sort of comes out over the course of the documentary that he is a guy from Colorado. Um, and he's lived in Denver. He's lived in, I think, the Springs. Um, or Fort Collins, I forget. Um, either that one to the north of us or that one to the south of us. Uh, he's a guy who's had way more um, close encounters with aliens than your average person. Like, way, way more. Like, almost like... So one. Daily. They've targeted him. <laughs> and so... One? Yes, if you, one. If you, if, you choose to, if you choose to suspend your disbelief and say, okay, maybe he's not making this up. Maybe this stuff really happened. Maybe this really ridiculous. Or hell, <laughs> if he is making it up, let's hear it. <laughs> That's where I was coming from. I don't know if he's making it up or not, but I want to hear it. So uh, I watched that thing, and it was uh, it was really entertaining. Um, and I believe that was on Netflix. So um, he's, he's been probed good and proper. Uh, I don't know if he ever mentions uh, getting the alien out and out from the aliens, but uh, he's definitely. 
gotten um, made me a different kind of alien. <laughs> yeah. So, no, you're... So, yeah, and, uh, a new restoration of Close Encounters is going to be on theaters September, I think. That's such a good idea. They're yeah, do, they're doing of, theater so runs a, with the stuff. Four K editions coming out. And, Ooh, uh, nice. So idea. I'll definitely go and see it on the big screen again. Yeah, I've never that. seen it on the big oh. screen. Oh yeah, but it looks great. We'll go. Yeah, it's so good. Okay. Did either of you I see the the uh, theatrical run of Halloween last year? No. Like they they re released. No. It. Damn it. I know. It's like they should just. I didn't even know they did that. Just quit putting out new stuff. Do do restorations of really good old stuff and just re release. Yeah, there's it. like a whole bunch of Miyazaki movies. Oh, good. Weekends. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, let's see. I also watched a uh, documentary about the the Sphinx uh, in Egypt. It's called Secrets: The Sphinx. That was from 2013. And did it have uh, Graham Hancock in it? <laughs> I don't know who is that. <laughs> oh man! Is this a Sphinx He's expert? Only, yes. They only, probably did that. I don't know. Only foremost Sphinx expert expert out there. So, so what, what was what did they talk about? Uh, basically, why is what it? What were the <laughs> secrets? Why is it sitting where it's sitting? Like mm-hmm. normally, these things would be aligned a little differently. Like, uh, is there some sort of a path from here to this pyramid? And uh, hey, why is this lion body got a human head? Yeah. And then there was a theory that it had it's a Ramsey's, lion head. Yeah. And he's like, carve that shit off there. Right. <laughs> Make <laughs> that into a person face. Well, yeah, he wanted his own head put on it. Make it a me face. Is it Ramses the second or something? I don't remember, but yeah, it was one of the Ramseses. Um, it was the second then. He's the only one who got anything done. <laughs> Didn't Napoleon's soldiers shoot the nose off of it? That's the story, but Do you think I think it's true? it was already gone. Yeah. At least he made the chariots run on time. Yeah, <laughs> that's <did>. right. <laughs> he did keep them chariots running on time. So that was uh, it. It was informative on some levels, but there was some speculation. So, did they have any secret chambers underneath? Did I, they talk about maybe it's older than than they think it is? Well, yeah, some of that stuff. Like they did, they talked about it being older than anyone ever thought because uh, we thought this dude built it, but it was already there when he showed up, and mm-hmm. it was buried. So they dug it up and put a wall around it, and then every time there was too much rain, it would flood and shit like that. I'm just thinking, oh, maybe they wanted a pool. It could have been a. It could have been a great pool. Yeah, can you imagine? That's <laughs> how the nose got broken. Someone's jumping off of it. Yeah. <laughs> So, don't get up there on that nose. No. Oh, see, I double dare you to get up on the nose. So, uh, nose diving. <laughs> um, and like our show has. Yeah. Well, let's bring it back up then. I saw War for the Planet of the Apes. Really enjoyed you did? it. Yes. Yeah. Man. Went and saw it. Um, now, when you want to talk about CG that actually works, that actually looks good, here you have it. You know, like literally every every ape you're looking at is moving and emoting in ways that you'd expect a real humanistic ape to do. And, uh, do they win the war? Um, don't tell. Not going to spoil this one. (laughs) We only spoiled the feature, which is going to be stir of echoes. Um, war for the planet of the apes. Uh, it, it had me engaged and involved with the story enough to where I'm like, okay, I want to know where this goes. What's happening. Oh, that's right. Woody Harrelson's in this thing. Like, As an ape, I wish <laughs> he plays a he plays a stinking human, um, oh. but he doesn't show up till 
well past the halfway. 90 minutes into the movie. <laughs> yeah. They don't even bring yeah. the Woody Harrelson out. <laughs> and that's what the so kids were expecting. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was watching kids getting bored. Kids were like, oh, where's oh, Woody Harrelson? One of the worst theatrical experiences I had was seeing the Hulk, the Ang Lee one. Mm. Oh, God. It was so that, was, that was another one where you, the kids turned up expecting the Hulk. I was and bored in that just one. just doesn't happen for ages. And, and the kids were just does. screaming, running up and down the theater. And, oh, it was horrible. And the Hulk shows up and he looks terrible. Yeah. He looks, looks so bad. And then he fights a cloud. Let's not sugarcoat this. Yeah. The Hulk, sucked. it sucked. It really sucked. And it's like... Poor Angle. Yeah, I, I always make a comic book movie and we'll divide it all up into panels, which... Don't make any sense. No, it didn't make like, any sense. That's not sense. how the timing in panels works. You no, know? It's like, it doesn't. This just shows how much you don't understand comics. I'm glad you guys agree that the Hulk sucks I because know. I saw it and I went, "What the fuck are they doing here?" Yeah, oh, it, makes, it was bad. And visually, that CG did not work. It looked like a cartoon. Yeah, I, yeah. I love most of Ang Lee's movies, but yeah. that one was just. Awful. Oh yeah, Ang Lee makes great movies, but mm-hmm. but not the Hulk. Not no. the Hulk. <laughs> I don't know what happened there, but that would be a fascinating documentary. Yeah. What happened to the hall? (laughs) You know. So without ruining War for the Planet of the Apes, it is worth seeing, and Mm -hmm. I really enjoy it. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to see it. Did they blow it up at the end? Um, That's all I want to (laughs) know. Because my understanding is that they do. They blow it up. I think they do that in the next movie. Yeah. So that's the only spoiler I'm going to give is that... uh, Whatever it is that tosses the uh, Statue of Liberty. Maniacs, you know. <laughs> they did it. They finally did it. Um, God, I love Planet of the Apes. I do, too. <laughs> that that was one of those things that just messed my brain up when oh, I was a kid. Oh, man. You watched Mad Men. Yeah. When they when they went and watched Planet of the Apes. Oh, yeah. And Bobby's like, Jesus, they blew up the planet. (laughs) (laughs) It was so perfect. It was like finally some father son time. Yeah. Oh, it was because that, yeah, that movie blew my mind when I was little. It's great because Don Draper has that promotional fake newspaper that they made, like the Ape Times or whatever it was called. And I've seen people post pictures of this, but it was like this fake newspaper that they handed out promotional thing oh nice he's sitting there looking at it in the theater and i think dana gould owns one i'm sure he he has to he has a lot of planted to the apes like legit stuff stuff yeah well he did for quite a while live in roddy mcdowell's old house so that's pretty major and he i don't know if the the lawmaker statue was an original prop or if it was a duplicate but uh he's got that prop that statue and someone divorced him I know. <laughs> What's wrong with that what woman? What the hell? <laughs> you let a gem like that go? Oh, he's an awesome dude. Um, all right. So also saw Embodiment of Evil, yeah. which is arguably going to be the last Coffin Joe movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he, he's pretty old now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Uh, if you if you aren't familiar with Coffin Joe, and he never got around to having the child he wanted, right? Well, see, that's the problem I think here. They need to have another one where he's dead. That would be interesting. And he's he, just in a coffin. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the whole the whole thing of the series is like he's trying to have a, the perfect child. Yeah. But he never does. No. So. I think he's just trying to get with a lot of women. <laughs> and by he, I don't mean the character Coffin Joe. No. <laughs> You should read uh, Monster International, I think, issue 
two or three was mostly about the Coffin Joe series. And these, it's just like all these articles written by Horatio Higuchi, who's this Brazilian writer. Hmm. So it's really in depth on the making of them. It's just amazing. Wow. Like he, he, these are all shot in this church in yeah Brazil. Um, yeah, I forget if it's in Rio or somewhere, but. Yeah, and the, and the the country's like dead against really conservative in terms of the movies. Yeah, but he wanted, he made these wild movies. And they yeah, don't just I've go outside the line. The of, first one, yeah, yeah and they, and they don't. Least. They're not just enough to upset everybody. It's like enough to upset people in countries where, God. yeah, basically, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, the auditions for these movies, like the women <laughs> to be in this movie, the women had to lie down and, and he'd like pour tarantula tarantulas on them yeah uh, yeah so basically if you don't run screaming from the auditions then you're through <laughs> right nice uh yeah he he made the first movies it was a 64 and 67 yeah i say 64 yeah. Yeah. yeah i think the first two were 64 mm. and 67 and then nothing 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 and then 2008 mm. embodiment of evil and it's yeah. uh, coffin joe uh the character being let out of prison and every, well, there's, there's the Coffin Joe trilogy, but then the character also appears in other things as the yeah. host and, yeah. and stuff like that. And, that. and you did show me a couple of those, I mm. believe. But uh, yeah, the, I watched the other two. I borrowed them from you months ago and then finally got around to watching this one. And it was it was awesome. It looked beautiful. They obviously put a lot of time, effort and money into this one. And, um, and it's great. I, I recommend that if anybody is going to watch these, if you can't handle like the... Um, sort of, uh, I would say, limited uh, capabilities they had in the early movies. They're in black and white, and you know some of the sound and editing and things are not what you'd want uh, <laughs> because they only had so much at their disposal. Obviously, um, watch them anyway, and then reward yourself with this one, which is in vivid color and mm. it's on Blu-ray. But I love the energy of those early ones. Oh they're yeah, so, they're great. So punk rock. And- Oh, they really are. Loud and... Yeah. And he's just completely bananas. Yeah. He's like, guess what I'm going to do now? I'm going to yeah, cut he, you with this thing and then yeah. poor tarantula's on you. You just fear for the, the poor people in the I know. cast. And and these people are like ready to serve him, ready to do whatever he says. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to cut your tongue out <laughs> and then stuff a tarantula in your mouth or whatever. Yeah, you know, he's crazy. like... he's Yeah, it's great. So any horror fans who don't like black and white or you know stuff that's a little shaky um too bad watch it anyway and then uh you know feel rewarded it's it's really great uh i watched um the entire series ozark on netflix and this is a jason bateman it's funny because you just talked about um teen wolf 2 oh yes and i said oh jason bateman's done some good stuff since that Mm -hmm. so you went and sought something out no it just showed up um but but uh ozark is really good it's a it's about a guy who is an accountant who's very good at his job and he's good at figuring out what's wrong in the books and he's good at hiding things if he needs to or rearranging things in such a way that bad guys can get away with um, making the money they do and putting it where they need to put it and then some people he's partners with make some big mistakes and the the cartel leader is pissed off and basically has come to murder them all. And he talks his way out of it and makes it pretty clear. He didn't know what these other guys were up to. So 
he's going to probably kill him anyway. But then um, the Jason Bateman character says, look, I've got this idea. And he says, you know, the um, I want to say it's the Mississippi River in along Missouri. Mm -hmm. he, he was saying, like, there's this whole stretch that's got more coastline than all of California. And there's so much you can do there that you can't do anywhere else. And I've got this idea. This is how you can launder your money. Is is just basically buying these businesses and running your money through these businesses that are that are failing and need your help, and so this guy spares his life and lets him go set up. So he knows that he's on the razor's edge with this, and things can go very wrong at any time. If and and he gives him a dollar amount. And he says the amount these guys stole, that's what I want you to launder. Like I want you to get that money, and I want you to launder it. So he that's that's his task. And these other guys have been just like brutally murdered right in front of him and so he knows this shit's serious and he uproots his family from chicago and goes down to missouri and uh it's pretty crazy what what they get up to right away and the kind of uh what the locals do and do and don't allow to happen and will and won't participate in and the things they do to these folks so it's a 10 episode season it's season one and it just showed up out of nowhere like things on netflix do and it's really good so huh. yeah we binged through it um oh. i watched the first episode of the new season of rick and morty and it was really good um they were like eh, it doesn't start till the 30th or, or the first or whatever but but here's an episode anyway early oh. so i watched it and it was good it was called the the rick shank rick redemption like all all their titles are like movie titles but they put rick and yeah and uh I won't go into what it's about, but uh, that's what I've watched since last time. Is Rick out of prison? He was already in prison, and so it's about him trying to get out of that prison. Oh, okay. And uh, he basically has to fool these bug creatures to let him out. And there's all these other duplicate Ricks that want to come and assassinate him, so he doesn't give away any secrets. Yeah, that all makes sense. Sure. If I started to get into what really goes on in one of their episodes, it would sound like I was making shit up because it's just so all over the place. It's so bananas. Um, yeah, Rick and Morty is really weird and really involved. And I think you could watch an episode 10 times and and still get new stuff each time. There's 10 million weird things going on at once. So that's what I've watched. Um, and then, of course, Stir of Echoes from 1999. Uh, what did you think of this, Will? Is, was this a rewatch for you? No, this is the first time I'd seen this. What did you think? Uh, it was no Sixth Sense, was, like was it? <laughs> TV movie version of the Sixth Sense. <laughs> uh, why do we have to spend so much time in movies <sighs> questioning our sanity? Why don't they get to the supernatural quicker? That's why don't they go, fuck? me i just saw a ghost instead of oh i'm losing my mind you're going crazy <laughs> this doesn't make any sense there has to be a logical explanation why don't they just cut all that out because yes that's probably what would happen in real life but we've all seen that movie <laughs> so many times and all it does is eat up time okay so then you get to the end and there's <laughs> they've got this weak little nothing twist oh it's a ghost yeah we all knew it was a ghost like two minutes in this was a terrible movie <laughs> i didn't hate it i will say i didn't hate it and i was okay. entertained by it 
Were but, you were you impressed that they were able to make it and, and get it to the theater uh, in 33 days after seeing The Sixth Sense? Did they really? <laughs> no, that's my joke because everybody's like, it's just a fucking copy of The Sixth Sense. Um, it came out 33 days later or 32. I don't they know. may have made it in 34 days. I don't know. It, it would be plausible because uh, it looked like a TV show for a lot of it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with TV, but... Um, Stir of Echoes was released on September 10th, 1999. Uh, Sixth Sense came out just earlier than that on August 6th, 1999. No wonder so, I never heard of this. <laughs> you got a little overshadowed. A little bit. Because I don't want to praise uh, the Sixth Sense. I don't particularly care for it. I think it's it's got problems, but it is so much better than this thing. <laughs> It had some style to it. It had some polish. Yeah. Um, it really did. If you, I mean, your joke works because I could believe that you could make this movie in three weeks. <laughs> you know, what really happens in this? Ileana Douglas's character sets it up and then she does nothing. That's the part that kind of did bother me was that you've got this uh, um, pseudo expert who's kind of good at hypnotizing people and then she just sort of fucks off and that's it yeah exactly she could have been she could have been cut from the movie he was a linesman he could have been shocked on the job or fallen off a ladder they could have just moved into the house and had been haunted yeah we didn't need any of that setup the setup went nowhere they also introduced this cop that is a psychic or medium or ghost spotter or something whatever you want to call him here's the stir of echoes Mm -hmm. and they, they don't use him. I kept waiting for him to show back up at the end or something, but they just kind of tease him. And then it was like, no, we don't want to go to that down that alley. That might be interesting. Maybe he he was go back to bickering. He might've been getting with the sister. That's why we didn't see either one of them for the rest of the movie. They were like (laughs) shacked up somewhere. Maybe. Fred and Daphne. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, one thing I can tell you about, um, they make it kind of feel like it's the south side of Chicago, but everything I was able to kind of gather from like the train platform they ran to and some other things, it would have been the near north side from what I could see. But uh, one thing I can tell you about Chicagoans in general, especially people from like these working class neighborhoods. Um, they don't put up with ghosts? They don't put up no fucking ghosts. No. Uh, honestly... Uh, every time I would talk about anything that wasn't on this physical plane or anything that was the least bit philosophical, people look at you like you're just weird. And, uh, and sometimes they'll say things like, Hey, you talk like a North sider. You're saying stuff like people on the North side say, you know, it's like, yeah, okay. What does that mean exactly? And then, uh, I went with some friends and and you know just go to some cool bars on the north side and went oh these people are really cool and open-minded and great oh that's oh. what that means oh so i'm not a closed-minded lunkhead is what <laughs> is what you meant by that statement okay uh because you know when you talk about philosophy or you talk about um the possibility that things outside this physical plane might occur and you know yeah so for anyone and it didn't make the sister character believable to me because it's like she'd have been the same kind of lunkhead as all the other characters. It would have been like, uh, hypnotism, that doesn't work. Come on. What are you talking about? It's like, hypnotism. 
that's stuff they do on TV and it's all fake. That's the conversation. That's how that would have gone. So yeah, yeah. Him falling off a ladder or getting shocked would have definitely worked better. But uh, I don't know what happened in the Richard Matheson book. Um, it's the same setup. He's like a working class guy. Yeah. You suddenly able to see ghosts. Does he get so hypnotized you... to make it happen? Do you remember? It's been a while since you read it. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. The original novel came out in '58. Right. And that was, uh, you know, like I have a few notes here about some other stuff that he wrote that our listeners will be familiar with. Yeah, like Shrinking Man and yeah. a whole bunch of great screenplays. Yeah, I Am Legend. Duel. Yeah. Terror at 50,000 Feet. Yes. Um, uh, the Enemy Within episode of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. All kinds numerous of... I Love Lucy episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, one where, the one where Ricky starts seeing ghosts. I love that one. Man, that one is great. Hey, Lucy. I gotta tell you something. <coughs> um, so, Julian, what did you think of this? We got, uh, we got Will's opinion. I saw it ages ago, and I wasn't that keen on it. That there was a whole bunch of digging, as I recall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got some shit to say about that I, too. Uh, I like that there was a working class setup. Yeah, it's normally middle class and ghost right. movies. Uh, that was a bit a little different. Uh, but I don't remember being keen on it. No. <laughs> so I, yeah. didn't, I didn't watch you it didn't again. didn't rewatch it? Okay. I, I was like, I looked for it, but it wasn't, you know, I couldn't find it easily, so I didn't watch yeah, it. Yeah, I had to run it. <laughs> so yes, yeah. dear listeners, that's how how much work I put into this. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I mean, this is something, uh, this is something if you saw it and that's how you felt about it. I know the, the director, David Carpet, or I, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. David Cap, I, I would guess. Yeah, but he he he's written a bunch of movies I liked, like Mission Impossible. And yeah. Mm. So um, there's some stuff that I think you would find interesting on the rewatch is like what pops up in the kids' television. But uh, you mentioned the digging, and I want to address this right away. Um, I grew up doing construction work uh, with my dad and my brothers. Yeah, I've done construction. Yeah, and we've done a lot of digging in the Chicago area. Yeah, but I don't need to, need to watch a movie about well, here's the thing about it. Um, Digging is a big part of these people's lives. So, so Tom, Tom visits the sister, gets hypnotized, and he's told to dig. Okay, because he's trying to like, get this stuff out well, of his head. In Quatermass in the Pit, people have to dig. Okay. It's not the whole movie. Right. <laughs> it's not half an hour of digging. Right. They get on with it. Well, <clears throat> the wife shows up. And he's in the backyard with big piles of dirt. Mm-hmm. And she says, why are you doing this? And he's standing there spraying the hose at the, at the ground. And he says, the water softens up the dirt. And my note here is, no, it does not. <laughs> it makes mud. It makes uh, it heavier. It, if anything, it makes the whole experience worse. <laughs> and whatever your goal is, further away. Now, here in Colorado, softening it up does make some sense because the we clay... Have a, we have heavy clay here. The clay yeah. is terrible if you don't yeah. soften the ground mm-hmm. up. But, yeah, no. Yeah. I've never dug, dug in Chicago, but... I've dug there a lot by hand. And every once in a while, you're surprised when you do run into some clay. But for the most part, it's black dirt and uh, relatively soft. And you can dig it pretty readily. You'll, you'll run into... Whatever the hell they used for fill back in whatever date they built the building, and you'll run yeah. into like pavers, like the old purple granite pavers from the like cobblestone streets, mm. bottles, a lot of bottles, occasionally mm. some marbles or army men. Uh, nice. Not old gangsters. Um, I 
What do, was in Al Capone's vault? <laughs> Some bottles. <laughs> Some marbles. A couple of papers. <laughs> but uh, so Tom, Tom. Copy the ape times. Tom is definitely losing it. Sphinx. But he knows that it's important to dig. But to the point where he's smashing up the hardwood floor. He's just doing Yeah, all, what was that about? I didn't <laughs> understand that because there would be nothing under there. He knows there's go, a basement. Go to the basement and look up. Yeah, I didn't understand that at all. It's like, why did you tear up your hardwood floor? You knew yeah. there'd be nothing in there. I think Tom's a moron. I think maybe. <laughs> it's like This is like the whole uh, Devil's Tower thing from Close Encounters, but goes on for much too long. Yes, a lot of this just went on for too long. It was, mm. yeah, we get it already. He's, <laughs> he's seeing ghosts. Yeah. And there were there were some things they could have really creeped us out with, and I feel were lost opportunities, like uh, when when the the mom and the son are walking past the the graveyard and they see the ceremony and the kid runs up and that cop kind of turns and kind of waves his hand at him. There could have been like a creepier way to show the connection, you know, uh, like they did with uh, Dick Halloran in The Shining. Yeah. Like Dick looks at Danny and Danny hears his voice, but. His eyes are making contact, but his mouth doesn't move. There could have been something like that, or there could have been something creepier. But I feel like they missed some opportunities, and then, like you said, they they didn't do anything. They just let that one drop, just like they let the thing with the sister drop. And they let the thing with the babysitter drop. The babysitter who was the missing girl's sister... That she introduced her, and then they they don't really do it. Then she never yeah. shows up again. Why? No, bye bye. No. <laughs> um, the, here's something that you should both know, though. The part where um, they show Tom under hypnosis with the safety pin going through the hand. Yeah. Did that look like that could be fake? No, that looked pretty good. I it think was, they it probably was, it was real. Did push a safety pin through his hand. They um, a stunt man said, "I'll do it." Yeah, I mean, so one I, of the stuntmen uh, was like, "Go ahead." I did that in high school. Yeah, yeah I've got. A it couple, doesn't hurt too bad. I've got a couple of great tricks like that I can do too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I enjoyed the movie, and there was no sentimentality to like, "Oh, this is just like my old neighborhood." None of that. <laughs> I mean, because it wasn't. Um, the characters were. Um, did, did they actually film it in Chicago? They did. Okay. Yeah. They did, and yeah. th- they did a good job showing you what some of the stuff might really feel like. And uh, I don't know about the high school football game or whatever they were going to. I don't know that the crowd would be that really into it to where they it was a total mob scene to get in the door. Yeah, maybe if it was Texas. Yeah, you might believe that. But um, I did believe that they would cover up a murder to save two football players. That I did believe, too. Since that has happened. Yeah. yeah. But the, um, the premonitions and the dream sequences were mostly handled pretty well, but I feel like there's something they could have done better with them. I can't really put my finger on it. Um, they just should have felt creepier. Yeah, there. This thing suffered from a severe lack of creeps or even jump scares. There was nothing in here that we haven't been through before. Yeah, I did appreciate that when the um, when the wife was uh, getting ready to take a bath when she moved the mirror and the ghost girl was in the mirror that she didn't see and it. She didn't see it. And yeah, it, and it I knew matter. you'd love that. Yeah, it's like good. <laughs> finally, oh, Richard liked that. Nobody was scared. <laughs> right. 
And that the ghost sticks her hand in the hot bath and turns it ice cold immediately. That was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Appreciated that. But like we talked about before, like in that in that uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie, that having somebody in the classroom not realize they've dozed off, but then weird stuff starts happening, leaves blow through the classroom. That's a fan and some leaves. That doesn't cost anything. So when you think about stuff like that, it's like, uh, you know, turning the bathtub cold. That didn't cost anything because yeah. it didn't really happen. So, you know, you go from a shot of it with steam coming off of it to not. Yeah, that steam looked pretty fake. <laughs> I have to say, I think that was some cgi steam. <laughs> and as we know, all they needed was some microwaved uh, cut-up tampons. <laughs> That's how they make food steaming in movies. Oh. <clears throat> I mentioned that in a previous episode. Someone someone who... I think, I think he did. Yeah, somebody who was you on the set of a Spider-Man movie saw that. Like, okay. Because they had like a big plate of rice and they needed the steam to keep coming off of it when they did take after take. Mm-hmm. So that was the trick is like a yeah. co- couple of tampons soaked in water and cut up into little one-inch segments. Stir them into the rice and... And this... This movie, the stir of echoes when he drank orange juice and then he asked his wife if she was going to drink his. I kept hoping that she blew every scene so he had to keep drinking orange juice <laughs> over and over and over till it made Kevin Bacon sick. Uh, oh, the, uh, the part where he's in the backyard after he was digging and he gets mad and kicks that bucket at the house and the window breaks. I don't think that was staged. It wasn't. It was an accident and he stayed in character. So they kept it. That was kind of awesome. That was pretty good. But, uh, I like Kevin Bacon generally. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin Bacon's all right. I have nothing against Kevin Bacon. Yeah. And so he did pretty well on this. Like I said, I was entertained, but it was a lot of what we've seen before. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of kind of questionable storytelling yeah, bits. Yeah. Like, why didn't they, you know, bring this character back or tie this back in? Yeah, and, and sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, directors and producers not agreeing on things and, you know, or just some... And it could have been had much higher production values. Well, let me just say something about Teen Wolf here real quick as an aside. <laughs> Things do get missed when people are editing movies together. And we ever talked about the Teen Wolf penis? Okay. The <laughs> Winnie, so at the don't end, have at, a conscious memory of doing so. Okay. You wiped it out. <laughs> do you know about the Teen Wolf penis? Yes, okay. So Will knows about this. Um, at the very end of Teen Wolf, there's like some winning shot in the basketball game. Mm-hmm. There's a guy in the background who's pulled his pants down. Yeah. There's a guy in the huh. in the bleachers who's whipped his penis out and he's jumping up and down like everyone else is jumping up and down and clapping. And he's in the shot right behind the main actors. <laughs> and that thing went through however many times through the editing process. Yeah. And screening after screening and did the whole theatrical run and was on home video before anyone went, that guy's wiener's hanging out. Look, it's Peen Wolf. It wasn't Michael J. Fox. It was someone in the the bleachers. went through frame by frame looking. (laughs) Like, are there any penises in any of these? Um, There's a... uh, there's a gift. I wonder that, how that got out there. Did the guy who did it, maybe he said something. Cause maybe he did. I'm not sure that you could even see it on home video. Yeah, that's It may true. have been one of those things that they didn't... Because I never heard about it until, I don't know, a few years ago. Yeah. So it, the movie 
came out in 1985. I yeah. Think. It gets 30 years ish, you know? Yeah. Before anyone someone goes, even... Hey, look, a wang. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Teen uh, Wolf's not in there. Nor is Stir of Echoes. Huh. Oh. I'm just looking at a video hand horror show book. Yeah. It's a good book. It's got brief descriptions of a whole mess of movies, but not those. Um, so all this being said, um, this, this this approximately feels like, you know, a working class neighborhood in Chicago. Um, most of the characters behave as such, for the most part. And uh, the movie has some scares and some spooky vibes here and there. But it's missing enough to where I'm not going to say it's it's great. How, how did you miss this gem? It's a good movie. It's entertaining. And, and you probably will be entertained watching it. Um, but uh, it's not perfect. Um <coughs> The uh, the cast, um, they all seem pretty capable. I, I did like Catherine Irby. I think that's how you pronounce her name. The one that she's on Criminal Intent. Yeah, um, I can't say I've watched a lot of Criminal Intent. Is she a detective or a yeah. lawyer or what? She's a detective, but she's blonde, so you wouldn't recognize her. Until uh, you went to bed two yeah. hours after watching the movie spending the whole time thinking who the hell is that i know her from somewhere she's in a tv show <laughs> somebody tell me somebody straighten us out for me but uh yeah i mean the ca- the cast was all pretty good i think i think it was uh it was a nice looking movie but yeah it suffered from being compared to um the sixth sense and that was you know pretty unfair once again because uh, I think that one was definitely a level, several levels above if you look at the budgets. Um, and I have notes here on that. Um, yeah, what did I spend on those? Do we know? The production budget was $12 million on Stir of Echoes. Really? Uh-huh. And $40 million. I think Kevin Bacon got paid $11 million of that. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to say. <laughs> all of that was Kevin Bacon's salary. Everyone else worked for free. Um, Six Cents had a budget of $40 million. So more than three times the budget and um, different people working on it. Um, and again, like I said, they were released just over a month apart. So that's pretty crazy. On its opening weekend, um, Stir of Echoes ranked third in the box office with 5811 blah, blah, blah. Uh, so almost six dollars. dues. Yep. Clams. Uh, it stayed in the top 10 for three weeks. After a 14-week run, its domestic gross total was $21 million and some change. In they the U- made a sequel. Hey, they showed this thing in the UK. They grossed uh, 818,000 pounds. 818 pounds. <laughs> so, uh, worldwide... Kevin amazing. Bacon does not play in the UK. <laughs> they don't like they him. They just won't either. accept him. Yeah, it, they don't. They don't like bacon there. What was, what was that movie? I, 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 you should cut this bit. But there was, there was a movie like last year's American movie came out in the UK, and like one person went to see it. Oh yeah, <laughs> what was that? Was it a Transformers movie? I doubt no, it. No, no, it was. I can't remember. I want to say it had Lindsay Lohan in it or somebody. Yeah, and it made like eight pounds or yeah, something on a matinee. It was that Justin yeah. Bieber movie, wasn't it? Literally one person just saw it. Yeah. <laughs> and he bought a ticket by accident. He was trying to see something else, but they were sold out. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that seem like the thing that you don't get fired, you get killed? 
<laughs> like they just call you in and your boss's office is wrapped in plastic and you're like, uh, can you stand over there? <laughs> eight pounds. You made eight pounds. It's like, uh, what's the what's the exchange rate on that? It doesn't matter. It was eight pounds. <laughs> um, so uh, worldwide, uh, Stir of Echoes made more than $23 million. Six Cents made... Two hundred and ninety-three million five hundred and six thousand two hundred ninety-two dollars, and that was the total lifetime. Smackaroos. Yeah, um, that was the total lifetime domestic take on that one, and six hundred and seventy-two point eight million worldwide. Holy shit, that made its money back. Yeah, I saw it three times, so a fair chunk of that is my money. Oh, yeah, well, I think I saw right. it twice. I was like, wait a minute, there's some stuff that I should have seen coming. I got to go back and watch that again. Plus, I like popcorn. Do you guys yeah. still get popcorn when you go to the movies? No? no. Is it a health thing or are you just over it? I'm just over it. I've never really cared for movie theater popcorn. Yeah, it's the only popcorn I usually eat. I don't make it at home. I don't yeah, know. I don't make popcorn at home. I don't eat a lot of popcorn. Here's a good Here's a good one for the listeners. Um, you know how you have to wait till there's a campfire to make s'mores? Uh-huh. Just use Sterno. Just... Light that that gelled alcohol on fire, and I don't feel the need to make s'mores. No, I've never felt the need to make s'mores. But they're so messy. They're messy. They're pretty good. I'll admit they're good, but I've never felt the need for them. What's a s'mores? A s'more is a graham cracker with a bit of chocolate and a marshmallow. A toasted marshmallow. To toasted melt the marshmallow. Chocolate. And then you make a sandwich out of graham crackers with it and when you bite into it it all squeezes out the side and makes a mess it sticks to your hands your face maybe, yeah maybe your clothing uh-huh so whoever invented it's it was an stri- idiot but it tastes good it's strictly a camping okay. thing yeah you know you put a marshmallow on a stick and roast it over the fire and then you leave camp to go stick your face in the creek to wash all this stuff off and, and that's, that's when a bear gets you I was going to say slasher, but... An alien slasher bear. An alien bear (laughs) slasher. I wish I could play video games because that Friday the 13th game looks awesome. I heard it's good. But yeah, yeah, I know I have no video game playing abilities anymore. Well, there's a good possibility my friend Brian's going to visit in August. And he's very good at video games. Maybe he could just like show us the ropes or at least we could just just watch him play. Like, dude, how do you do this? There's like 18 triggers and knobs and levers on these damn controllers now. Well, I've never tried because I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole because they just take up all your time. See, yeah, that's been my thing. I'm like, I've lost all my skills because I've decided video games are way too much of a time sink. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. But that game looks so fun. Yeah. I've decided what (laughs) I... Oh, I know what I watched. What else I watched? Yeah. The Last Girl or Final Girls. Oh, you oh, got yeah. to watch yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, we rented that and watched it. I enjoyed it. It was mm. good. It was a lot of fun, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that one, too. That, that... I think I'll have to watch all the three or four other movies on there that all have the same title. Damn, I know. Like... <laughs> Although that is Final Girls. Plural, yeah. Because it refers to her and her mom and maybe the friends that are with them. I don't maybe. Know. Um, but it was it was enjoyable. It was yeah. better than Stir of Echoes. Well, you got something to compare it to now. Yeah. <laughs> so there's your silver lining, listeners. Um, I also watched one called Alien Autopsy oh, about yeah. the Alien Autopsy movie. Yeah. With Jonathan Frakes? Yeah. 
but this was about it, about the two guys oh. who faked the whole thing. Oh. I missed the first half of it because I watched it on TV, so. I'll have to watch that. It wasn't too terrible. Did you watch any of that, that uh, CNN series, The 90s? No. Oh, man. It's like, hey, shit was I crazy. I remember the 90s oh, fairly too. well. See, it wasn't that great. Yeah. <laughs> it was... But it was stuff like it was better than the eighties, I believe. Yeah. But <laughs> but they were they were getting they were getting into detail on some of the stuff about the OJ trial and the riots in LA. Yeah, uh, what had happened to him? OJ, well, he's getting out of prison in October. <laughs> yeah, coming back to. I bet the real killer is pretty scared now because he's right back on the trail. You know, yeah. The second he gets out, because he's never going to. He give doesn't up. stop. Yeah, he's never going to give like up. Like the Terminator. <laughs> She was supposed to play the Terminator <laughs> originally. Yeah, the Terminator was a really good athlete, but kind of stupid and liked to kill. You could be the Twinkie Nator. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, the Twinkie defense. Did a Twinkie make him do that? No, that was a different case, but, yeah. you know, it would tie in. So uh, so our assignment for next week is to uh, redesign the s'more so it doesn't get all over you. <laughs> I think I figured it out. I was yeah. just remembering, I think it was Jack Davis who drew those hostess Twinkies oh, yeah. comics. And oh. like some of them were O.J. Simpson. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Do you remember those Slim Jim ads? I want to say yeah, those yeah, were yeah, Jack yeah, Davis. Jack too. Davis as well. He had like a werewolf scarfing one down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to love that ad. I've got some of those old comics around here. Oh, I was going to say, I decided what my major time sink is going to be. Um, I bought I bought a model of Bela Lugosi as Ooh. as Dracula, but as Broadway as Dracula because um, clearly Bela Lugosi Jr. That is has like, sequins, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> he's got like Broadway's Dracula, one night only. He's got high heels and sequins. Um, so I bought this uh, this model that's out of uh, production. I don't I don't remember what scale it is. It's over there anyway. But uh, I'm going to um, it's it's one of those simple builds, but then really complicated paint. Yeah. So I'm going to do that because I can paint. Why not? So, right. yeah, it's going to be fun. But it, it's it's clearly uh, Bela Jr., you know, making making a little money off dad's name. So yeah, Julian's having a look at this. It's, it's pretty awesome. Pop that open. There's a mini magazine in there. I never knew they made a Tarman model. This is the... Um, Tarman? Yeah, it's the Mobius brand, like Polar Lights slash Mobius. Nice. Yeah. Um... I saw someone did a, a really monochromatic paint job on the same model, and it looks so much better than the full-color one that they suggest. So I might go with that, because I have some airbrushes, and I like painting. But yeah, the little mini-magazine in there shows a Tarman model and a Nosferatu. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, nice. Yeah, I should probably post those on Instagram like I did with the uh, was Invisible Man and, Ant- and uh, Fly Person. Is that the name of that movie? Oh, yeah. Um, Invisible Man and Fly Man. Oh, okay. Okay, Invisible Man and Fly Man. I sent you the photos of that. Yeah, yeah, I posted those on our Instagram. So maybe I'll post these pictures of the Lugosi model, and uh, maybe we'll do a little, here's the build in progress. A clear gloss overcoat on details like the eyes provide a realistic, moist appearance. Oh, duh. They think I'm an amateur? Of course I knew that. It's like, you want it to look real? Don't make it glossy. You want to make it look wet? Make it glossy. 
So I think it just snaps together. I don't think you even need to buy glue for these things. You know, it's all it's all about the paint. I think they glued it. Did they? Yeah. Is that what they suggest? Yeah. All right, I'll glue it. I don't Plastic care. welder. Plastic welder. Ten X. Oh, all right. Seven R. Oh. I'll go with six R. Yeah. Blow your hands off. <laughs> I'll have to run out and buy some of that and some gloves. So, anywho, um, back to Stir of Echoes. Uh, do either of you recommend this to horror fans? Nah, no. give it a pass. No. I mean, unless it's on TV and you're incapacitated <laughs> okay. in some manner and you can't change the channel. Or... But you did say you were entertained. I was entertained, true, okay. but, you know. You're not easy to entertain. No, no, I'm not easy to entertain. So I don't think I was terribly bored with it. It was over quick enough. Yeah, it was only like an hour and a half. Yeah. Julian, you don't recommend it? Not... Uh, no, I mean, it's a decent movie, so you know, watch it for you know, if you're a Kevin Bacon fan. Yeah, there are worse things you could stick in your eye holes. But uh, Kevin Bacon? <laughs> there are worse things. Um, I recommend it. It's not a high recommend, but I do recommend it. It's like uh, a lot of people haven't seen this. It's a lukewarm recommend. Yeah, I, th- I would say the ghost stuck her hand in the in the in the recommend just for a moment, and yeah. it went from hot to lukewarm <laughs> to cool. Yeah, this so. is a cool recommend. It's yeah, yeah, soft recommend. Again, if you're not doing anything else, and Stir right. of Echoes is on the TV. And your head happens to be facing that way. <laughs> you don't like moving. There's worse things that you could put in your eyes. You don't like moving your head around a lot. And changing the channel or being troubled with anything. Let Stir of Echoes play while you waste away. Yeah. Say you smoke. I wouldn't turn it off. <laughs> Say you smoke a big bong hit and you can't move. And you can't move. You've got couch lock. <laughs> right. Okay, well, on that note... Um, I had uh, I had considered um, that we should watch Dead and Buried or Street Trash. Oh wow! Do, do either of those sound like something we should? I like both of those. Okay, which uh, which do you think we should watch for next time? I'd like to see Street Trash again. Give me an excuse to watch that again. Will you up All for right. this? Street Trash. All right. Have you seen it? I've not. Oh, you're in for a treat. All right. Excellent. <laughs> Super cool. All right. So Street Trash for next time. Listeners, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Stay off the moors.